Well, let me thank you for being with me. We've got a wonderful hour ahead of us. There's some mystery about what happened at the assembly of the German Synodal Way on uh, Friday and Saturday. And with me to talk about this and a number of other matters related to the Catholic Church worldwide is Dr. Matthew Bunsen, Executive Editor and Washington Bureau Chief for EWTN News and a Senior Fellow at the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. Hey, Matthew, how are you? I'm very well. Uh, happy Lepanto Day, so It is. But, yeah. I mean, it's a great feast day as well, of course. Uh, yeah. But uh, also very uh, intrigued and rather excited about the prospect of a new doctor of the Church. Yes, isn't that something? I first became familiar with uh, St. Irenaeus while I was, before I was Catholic, I was a student at Michigan State University, and um, they had a full year where you could take history of Christian thought. And so I took it, and one of the, uh, again, one of the theologians that we had to study early on was St. Irenaeus, and I thought, I like this guy. I mean, his whole (laughs) doctrine of recapitulation, and I just thought he was brilliant. And, uh, of course, once I became Catholic, uh, I felt even closer to him. This is a, a, a do you know why uh, Pope, the Holy Father is looking to make him a doctor of the Church now? Anything in particular come to the surface? Well, yeah, I think uh, the, the fact that the Holy Father is uh, looking to him with the title of Dr. Unitatis, uh, or the Doctor of Unity, yeah. uh, tells us a couple of things. Uh, first, at a time when uh, certainly Pope Francis has discussed this, and uh, this is very much uh, a time of polarization, of fragmentation, mm. uh, but also of disunity. Mm-hmm. I think Irenaeus can point us in the direction of uh, bringing everyone together in the faith. Uh, but then there's the question, uh, again, of that theme of unity, uh, of how the West and the East uh, can come together. We've seen something similar with the last pick, which was Gregory of Narek, uh, who was named a doctor of the church by Pope Francis, uh, and admittedly very, very obscure yeah. uh, saint and, and theologian, uh, but an Armenian. And another one of those bridges between the East and West. And we know that Pope Francis is very keen on the dialogue uh, with the East. Right. And I think Irenaeus then can serve as a kind of beautiful theological bridge uh, between the East and West, mm-hmm. uh, between Eastern and Western Christianity, because in his time he was that kind of a bridge. Yeah, yeah. In fact, speaking of uh, bridging, uh, there is also apparently an ecology degree course at uh, uh, the Pontifical University, uh, where, uh, in cooperation with the ecumenical patriarch Bartholomew the First of Constantinople, uh, the, the Pope, I guess they put together this uh, this uh, course, uh, accredited course in ecology and um, care, envi- care for the environment. Mm-hmm. It's at the it's at the Lateran University there in That's Rome. That's right. Yeah. So what that means is that the, this is one of the major pontifical universities in Rome. Uh, the Lateran is uh, home to one of the most respected canon law programs anywhere uh, and uh, is less frequented, I think, uh, from a study standpoint by American seminarians uh, who typically go to like the Angelicum or the right. Gregorian or yeah. the, the Santa Croce. But the Lateran is um, – this is very prominent. And what's – again, we go back to this discussion about Irenaeus that here is one of those areas of clear cooperation – uh, between Francis and uh, what is a great friendship with the ecumenical patriarch, as you note, uh, Bartholomew the uh, First of Constantinople, uh, that the two questions of the environment of ecology, uh, and the other is what Pope Francis refers to as the ecumenism of blood. 
So there is the, the persecution of Christians both east and west uh, that is bringing us together with the, the, our eastern brothers and sisters or orthodox brothers and sisters. Uh, but now we also have under Francis uh, this common ground of the common home as he puts it. Right. Uh, and the, the course of studies is actually called the care of our common home and protection of creation. So we're seeing also the fruits of Laudato Si and also Fratelli Tutti, two of the um, most significant works in Francis's pontificate. Yes, that's true. Well, let's talk about what happened uh, with the German Synodal Way. Uh, first of all, uh, it's a clumsy word. We've mentioned that many times. <laughs> yes. And what is it when you when you talk? What is a synodal way? Right. Well, today's a perfect day uh, to have a segue into the synodal way in Germany uh, that we're talking about Irenaeus because Irenaeus said something. It's a very famous quote that error indeed is never set forth in naked deformity, lest being so exposed it should at once be detected, but it is craftily decked out in an attractive dress so that by its outward form to make it appear to the inexperienced to be more true than truth itself. I think that's a, a useful – if you'll forgive me, that I think that's a, a very nice introduction to the, the synodal way in Germany because we have a great deal of dialogue and, and conversation and declarations. Uh, but as we have seen this synodal way unfold, it's it more and more clear uh, that this is riddled with very severe and increasingly grievous errors theologically and spiritually. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's my introduction. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for putting up with me with that. But in that sense too, then what we're talking about with the synodal way uh, is this idea of traveling together under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, they have sort of cloaked this within the umbrella or under the shadow of Pope Francis's idea of a synodal path for the church. And mm -hmm. we've got this upcoming synod on synodality right. in 2023, but it's actually already underway uh, in Rome. We'll see that uh, playing out over the next few days. But it's important always to note that Francis's vision of the synodal way is something very different from what is playing out in Germany. And we know this to be the case because Francis himself has said so. Right, right. And, and in fact, he probably fears that uh, what's going on in Germany now is kind of polluting the atmosphere for his upcoming <laughs> synod on synodality. Well, because of the, the logical questions being asked, well, as this uh, synodal way proceeds, how much influence is it going to have on, on two fronts? The diocesan phase, which Pope Francis has asked all the dioceses of the world to undertake and, and sort of the national churches to have this synodal discussion. We saw the vade mecum or the, the working document uh, sort of laying out the blueprint for how this should go. But then how is it also going to influence the actual synod of bishops when it occurs? And it's clear, I think, that the German uh, forces here in the synodal way are planning uh, to spread far and wide uh, the results of this synodal way in Germany yeah, yeah. in the hopes of influencing all of these other diocesan phases. And ultimately, I think their goal is to influence the synod bishops itself. So this uh, synodal way in Germany brings together bishops, uh, lay people, uh, priests, and they discuss four main topics, the way power is exercised in the church, sexual morality, the priesthood, and the role of women. Now, I understand they took a vote on Friday 
And then by Saturday, uh, at least uh, Saturday afternoon, I guess, they decided to uh, dissolve the assembly for some reason. That's right. Well, Uh, many of the participants left uh, for a variety of different reasons. Now, uh, we don't know exactly what those reasons were. Okay. uh, But um, technically then, uh, they were not able to hold what would be a quorum that they needed uh, in order to be able to continue the discussions and the vote. So I believe that uh, they had under 150 participants, which meant that they were short by, I think, five or so uh, votes uh, of the two-thirds majority that you would need uh, to have a quorum. So it was a parliamentary procedure, but it's unclear as to what the long-term impact that will have on this process. Uh, But let's just say that based on the votes that have already been taken, we have a very clear idea of where they're headed and and the direction of it, but also many of the details we we know. What do we know? Yeah. Well, in the early part of this year, we had the the results of the first session uh, that ended uh, in uh, earlier this year. And what the results were, uh, sort of it was a discussion of the process and what the goals were. And they were focused on authority. And so we had that question of the way power is exercised in the church. And based on what they said, uh, it's very grim. Uh, They essentially want to democratize authority in the church. They Mm -hmm. want to put up for a vote subsequently the teachings of the church. But then there's even that authoritarian aspect to almost a totalitarian approach to this. When they said in this document – as a result of the, these first deliberations, that uh, that those who are in the minority are expected to adhere to the will of the majority. So it right from the start, uh, it, it seems to me at least, in my opinion, that this has been not so much a rigged process, but they have stacked the deck in such a way uh, that these votes are inevitably going to pass because of the way that the Central Committee of German Catholics, the ZDK as it's called, uh, is itself a, a pretty radical organization in its goals, uh, including upending and unraveling uh, the, the teachings of the church on morality, the priesthood, the role of women, and authority in the church. So this is a, a, an already preset result. I mean, you, you really you have to ask yourself why uh, a, a person remains uh, Catholic uh, after they've abandoned the idea that the Catholic Church teaches with authority in the area of faith and morals, what would be attractive about a church in which we basically vote on doctrine? Mm-hmm. Well, that's right. Uh, and uh, Pope Francis said somewhere along the line uh, something that I think is very relevant here. And I, he, he sent that letter in June of 2019 right. asking them not to go down this road but right. to go down his road. Yeah, right. But he made, he made the, the, the very cogent reflection that um, we don't need to turn the, the Catholic Church in Germany Protestant. There already is one in Germany. <laughs> that's and, that's right. and the question has been rightly asked of dissenting Catholics that this is what the Church teaches. This is This is our faith. And You can become an Episcopalian if you want or a Lutheran or a Presbyterian if these are things that you simply refuse to adhere to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
so this do, do they, when do they meet again? Do they have, have do, are they waiting to set a date or are they trying to figure out why they couldn't get, <laughs> get a quorum? Well, so they've extended uh, to February 2022 uh, some the various discussions, and now we'll just have to wait to see what the next steps are. For them, uh, we've got these upcoming sessions that I think we're going to have to watch very closely uh, as they uh, proceed with this. Uh, what is alarming too, in in so much of the second session uh, abruptly ended as it was, is that the, they seem to be very open to this whole idea of, as somebody was concerned, the abolition of the priesthood. <laughs> And you know, what does that mean? Yeah. Now, you can have someone like um, Bishop Gehrig Batesing, uh, who's the president of the, the German Episcopal Conference, rejecting this idea that says you know, no one can say that the German church is going to simply do away with the priesthood. He says that's not true. But uh, it does open the question for what do they actually want to do with the priesthood that we don't already have and that the church teaching isn't already clear about. Yeah. Can you stay with me a little longer? Uh, of course. Happy. Okay. Dr. Matthew Bunsen, my guest, there are a few other things I wanted to look at, in particular this Vatican abuse trial uh, in which the court cleared a former altar boy and ex-youth seminary rector of crimes. I'm Al Cresta. We'll be right back. 